Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in Numbers, and last time we read Numbers chapter 22, we were introduced to Balaam and Balak. Balak is the king of Moab, and Balaam is basically after a reward and some money from Balak. That's what he's being tempted by, and he's giving in to that. Up to this point, he had been a prophet of God. We're not really sure. His, his reputation did not sound all that great to me because his reputation was, he was known for who, whoever he blessed was blessed and whoever he, he cursed was cursed. So to me, that sounds a little suspicious at first anyway, but it is known that he had a relationship with God, that he was a prophet of God. So maybe that relationship was meant in a good, godly way, but he I don't know about that. I just know that now he's really getting off into troublesome areas. So now we're ready to read Numbers chapter 23. I am reading from the Amplified Bible. Then Balaam said to Balak, now don't get them confused. Balaam is the prophet. Balak is the king of Moab. It's easy to get that confused, but Balaam said to Balak, Build seven altars for me here, and prepare for me seven bulls and seven rams here. Balak did just as Balaam had said, and Balak and Balaam offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stand beside your burnt offering, and I will go. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet me, and whatever he shows me I will tell you. So he went to a desolate hill. Now this seems to me like Balaam is kind of performing a ritual for Balak. He's sort of telling him, let's do these things and maybe God will change his mind. Well, God's already told Balaam what's going to happen. So I really feel like Balaam is just doing, trying to put in some effort here to try to see if he can get that reward and get what Balak has promised him. Balak has promised him you know, a a big reward. How did he put it? It was a great honor. He was going to pay him, you know, great honor. He was going to give him, basically, it sounds like a lot of money or a lot of whatever it is. Maybe it's uh, other worldly possessions. Now, God met Balaam, who said to him, I have prepared seven altars, and I have offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Then the Lord put a speech in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and you shall speak thus. Balaam returned to Balak, and behold, he was standing by his burnt sacrifice, he and all the leaders of Moab. Balaam took up his first discourse, oracle, and said, Balak, the king of Moab, has brought me from Aram, Syria, from the mountains of the east, saying, Come, curse the descendants of Jacob for me, and come, violently denounce Israel. How shall I curse those whom God has not cursed? Or how can I violently denounce those the Lord has not denounced? For from the top of the rocks I see Israel, and from the hills I look at him. Behold, the people of Israel shall dwell alone, and will not be reckoned among the nations. Who can count the dust, the descendants of Jacob, 
and the number of even the fourth part of Israel. Let me die the death of the righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with God, and let my end be like his. Then Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies, but here you have thoroughly blessed them instead. Balaam answered, Must I not be obedient and careful to speak what the Lord has put in my mouth? Now we have to remember, Balaam told Balak up front, well, first he he did refuse to come and did rightly initially, and then he was tempted by this great honor and, and wealth, this reward. But now, even now, when he's really, he's trying to find a way to get this, to earn this reward. That's really what he's doing. But he has been honest with Balak, and he's told him he can only say what the Lord tells him. He can't say anything else. So let's continue on. Balak said to him, Come with me, I implore you, to another place from where you can see them, although you will see only the nearest and not all of them, and curse them for me from there. So he took Balaam to the field of Zophim, to the top of Mount Pisgah, and built seven altars, and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Balaam said to Balak, Stand here beside your burnt offering while I go to meet the Lord over there. Then the Lord met Balaam and put a speech in his mouth and said, Go back to Balak and you shall speak thus. When Balaam returned to Balak, he was standing beside his burnt offering and the leaders of Moab were with him. And Balak said to him, What has the Lord spoken? Balaam took up his second discourse, or oracle, and said, Rise up, O Balak, and hear. Listen closely to me, son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good and fulfill it? Behold, I have received his command to bless Israel. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. God has not observed wickedness in Jacob, for he is forgiven, nor has he seen trouble in Israel. The Lord their God is with Israel, and the shout of their king is among the people. God brought them out of Egypt. They have the strength of a wild ox. For there is no enchantment or omen against Jacob, nor is there any divination against Israel. At the proper time it shall be said to Jacob and to Israel, What has God done? Behold, a people rises up like a lioness and lifts itself up like a lion. He will not lie down until he devours the prey and drinks the blood of the slain. Then Balak said to Balaam, Neither curse them at all, nor bless them at all. But Balaam answered Balak, Did I not say to you all that the Lord speaks that I must do? Then Balak said to Balaam, Please come, I will take you to another place. Perhaps it will please God to let you curse them for me from there. So Balak brought Balaam 
to the top of Mount Peor that overlooks the wasteland. And Balaam said to Balak, Build seven altars for me here, and prepare for me seven bulls and seven rams here. Balak did just as Balaam had said, and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Now that is the end of this chapter. Again, kind of a little cliffhanger. I think we can kind of see how this is going to go, though, right? Balak seems to think by keeping... If he keeps trying, God will turn to his side. And Balaam is not really not really pushing him away from that course. Um, he encourages him to make these sacrifices. But it seems like it seems to me like Balaam is being dishonest in, in how he's doing and what he's how he's treating Balak. Because he knows, I think he knows. I really believe he knows. God has told him already that he's not going to curse Israel. So his motivation is wrong. He's after worldly goods. And then he's committing incorrect acts because he is leading and stringing Balak along. I guess he's hoping, trying to get that money. Balak, I, I'm considering Balak to be not innocent, but ignorant. He's not a prophet of God. He doesn't really have a relationship with God. And he doesn't, I think he doesn't really understand that he's not going to be able to have the children of Israel cursed. Now, he's putting himself up as an enemy of theirs, and that is not good for him because that means he's also an enemy of God. But we're going to read more about this. This continues on in the next chapter. This is very interesting for the things we see happening. Unfortunately, we see Balaam, a prophet of God, being tempted and led off after worldly things, which is too bad. Had he obeyed God initially in the beginning and just and just stuck to that, just said, No, we're not I'm not going to be involved, I'm not not interested in your worldly goods, that could have been the end of it. And he could have could have saved himself really. Because neither of these really come to a good end. When you set yourself up as an enemy of God, as you can imagine, that's not going to end well, right? So this is the end, like I said, of Numbers 23. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.